Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Reading, it's a common habit shared by many successful people throughout history. It's responsible for unlocking limitless creativity and influence, and it's known to reduce stress, improve decision-making skills, and make better leaders. Today, we're joined by Jeff Brown. He is a speaker, consultant, podcaster, and author of a new book called Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. Today on Connections, Jeff's going to share with us why people need to read like their career depends on it. He'll also share with us tips on how we can create a lifetime reading habit. He'll also share with us how he incorporates faith into all of this. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Jeff Brown. He is a speaker, consultant, podcaster, and author of a new book called Read to Lead, The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. You are an expert when it comes to the microphone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your career leading up to now. Yeah, I spent 26 years uh, in radio uh, until about 2013, uh, at which point um, radio decided it was done with me uh, for the, I don't know, fifth or sixth time. <laughs> I decided <laughs> uh, to listen. And it, that, that's what prompted me to kind of start thinking about my, doing my own thing and working for myself. I had coincidentally began planning a podcast that I was going to be doing anyway. And so I, I continued with the plans to do that. And in July of 2013, I launched a podcast called Read to Lead, where I interview leadership and, and business book and, and mindset focused authors, you know, career jobs, entrepreneurship, sales marketing, that sort of thing. And it's done pretty well. I'm coming up on 400 episodes. And it was that podcast and doing it consistently week after week that uh, eventually read uh, or led, I should say, to interest in writing a book, a book that is about all things reading. Did you ever see yourself going down that path of, you know, taking what you've done on the microphone and putting it into a book? Yes. However, um, I, for a long time, never allowed myself to believe that it would actually happen. I had uh, limiting beliefs. I had imposter syndrome. And these were things that so many of us, if not all of us, suffer from to one to agree or to another, but that I got through in large part by uh, not only the people I was beginning to surround myself with who, who thought larger than I did, but also by the books that I was reading intentionally and consistently. And as I read more, my, my mindset about what was possible for Jeff began to expand quite a bit. So read to lead. Tell us about this book. And obviously, it's about reading and the importance of reading. Yeah, it's for two kinds of people. Um, and, and I basically divide the world up into two kinds of people. <laughs> there are those who uh, don't like to read and those who do. And even the ones who do sometimes struggle uh, with the process. So we take the first four chapters in uh, read to lead part one. And it's making a case for why this needs to be an intentional and consistent habit in case you're one of those folks who, who doesn't believe that or doesn't enjoy reading or think it's not for you. The second two thirds or the second third and the third third of the book uh, are really for everyone, in particular, those who already consider this to be a habit worth cultivating, but maybe want to get more out of it. They want to uh, get better at retaining and comprehending what they read. Maybe they want to read more in less time. They want to get better at putting what they read into action. So it's for those folks as well. In the end, I hope it's a book that can evangelize uh, both camps, uh, that again, this is something that is incredibly important 
And, and it, it really um, fulfills my belief that if you want to see true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. An interesting fact about you is you haven't always loved to read. <laughs> no, I have not. I, I did as a young child and then, and then school uh, and no knock on teachers. I mean, teachers are incredible. My sister's a teacher and a, and a fine one. Uh, but school, the system educated out of me, Colleen, the desire to want to learn, the desire to want to read such that when I left college, that's the last thing I wanted to do because I spent so much of my time, as so many of us do, being told I had to learn things and read about things I had no interest in. And so for about 10 years, I kind of assumed that there wasn't anything out there for me until sort of serendipitously a mentor of mine introduced me to a business book. And I realized, okay, I've got this problem I need to solve. And this goes for anybody. Guess what? Somebody else has already solved that problem. And more often than not, they've written about it in a book. And I can gain their years of wisdom and research in the span of a few hours. And it only costs me 20 bucks. If I get one great idea from that book, that's a pretty good ROI. So where do we start? How do we decide what books we're going to pick up? I see read to lead, but what do we start reading? Yeah, I think the, there's a couple of ways you can approach this. Um, one is uh, relate, related to your career and your job. Think about um, ways in which you could become a more valuable sort of linchpin type employee, as Seth Godin talks about in his books. Uh, in his book, Lynchpin. Uh, so start reading about uh, things uh, related to your career, your industry, things that as you learn them could make you more valuable in your job. Apart from that, uh, think about what interests you, what people interests you, what, what topics interest you, and start there. When you read to your interests, you'll never be bored. And the beautiful thing about that, as you read more and more, new interests will pop up in your reading that you didn't even know you had. So start with what interests you and don't feel like that that's somehow cheating. Oftentimes people think, well, if I'm enjoying what I'm reading, I'm, 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 you know, especially with nonfiction, I'm, I'm kind of cheating, but that's not the case at all. I used to have a, have a supervisor, a boss who I love dearly, who I would often catch him reading in his office. And I used to think he was goofing off. And then I realized, no, he's reading good to great by Jim Collins. He's reading five dysfunctions of a team by Pat Lincioni. He's reading purple cow by Seth Godin and multipliers, how the best leaders make everyone smarter by Liz Weissman. He's trying to get better as a leader so he can be better for me. And that really turned the tide for me on how important this habit was. So start read, start with what interests you. If you're in a leadership position, let your team, let your people catch you in the act of reading so that this becomes a habit that they get more interested in taking up as well. So when you do pick up a book, what's the most effective way to get the most out of that book? I think I would start by separating the reading from the note-taking. Again, talking about nonfiction here in, in particular. Uh, we tend to take notes as we read, which means we read a paragraph or two and we stop down for several minutes and, and ponder that. I want to challenge you to set a timer, maybe that's 25 minutes or 50 minutes, a la what's called the Pomodoro technique, and really focus yourself on a particular passage, maybe that's a chapter or a section, and just read. And only allow yourself to make markings as you go, things like an asterisk for something that's incredibly important you want to come back to, a question mark for something maybe you don't understand or aren't sure you agree with, or a, a cue for maybe a particular pithy quote that you, that you want to remember. And then once that session is over, take a break and then come back, set another timer for 25 or 50 minutes. And then now just take notes, just go back to those markings that you made and dig into those things more deeply, taking notes. Now you're not so much reading as you are taking notes. And as you take notes, 
be sure that you're writing things in your own words. You're distilling the information and you're writing them such that someone else could come to them weeks or months later and understand them out of context. In other words, write them for someone else because future you is someone else. You've learned more, you've grown, you've had new experiences. And as you come at this information weeks or months later, hopefully you do, those notes still make perfect sense to you and you can, you can dig in and pick up from there. How about your book, Read to Lead? What is the most effective way to get the most out of your book? Yeah, I would start, if you're, if you're one of those folks who isn't convinced of the habit, start with, with part run, one and give us those first four chapters. Um, but beyond that, uh, if you uh, struggle to read uh, habitually anyway, regardless of whether you like it or you don't like it currently, I would suggest this. And this is something you could practice with most nonfiction books. Uh, read the table of contents and familiarize yourself with what we, the authors, are trying to get across to you. And know that you don't necessarily, with nonfiction, have to start with the first chapter. Identify, what do I want to get out of this book I'm about to read? Write that down. Answer the question, what do I want to get out of this? That's going to inform the chapters you begin with, with which aren't necessarily chapter one, right? So maybe you realize chapters four, seven, and eight give you the, the information you're ultimately looking for. Start there. And read the headings and subheadings from the beginning of a chapter to the end. And familiarize yourself again with what the author is trying to convey. Then go back to the beginning of that chapter and now read the first and last sentence of each paragraph. Now that you've done that, and that process, by the way, takes a total of about 10 minutes, reading the headings and subheadings, and then reading the first and last sentence of each uh, paragraph. You've now got about 80% of the meat the author is trying to convey in that chapter. Again, if you've identified in this example, there's three chapters that are really going to get at what you are trying to solve and achieve. You could get through those three chapters in 30 minutes. And you can now, in my opinion, call that a done book. That's a read book. You can go to your Goodreads account online and say, (laughs) yes, I read this past tense. It doesn't necessarily have to involve with nonfiction, reading it from cover to cover. That's very interesting because I was going to say, obviously, in in this career, reading comes with the job. But Mm. uh, on the side, when I'm off the mic and at home, I have kids running around and I have that very first excuse of I don't have time to read. (laughs) Um, But you just gave us a a simple way to get around that. What are some Mm. other ways that we can overcome some of these excuses that we have that um, we have no time to read or what other or any other excuse that we have? Yeah, I would not be afraid to make your reading habit initially at least, super tiny. Dr. B.J. Fogg talks about this in his book, Tiny Habits, and we uh, share some of uh, what he learned in the book, Read to Lead. And by this, I mean, start with something you already do habitually every day. And if it goes well with reading, all the better. So for me, and for most radio hosts uh, I've ever been around, that involves coffee. (laughs) Coffee (laughs) is part of my day every day. And that goes great with reading. So if coffee or whatever the thing is, is something you already do every day, let that be your anchor habit. And, and write a recipe, a habit recipe, something along the lines of, when I sit down to enjoy my morning coffee, I will open my book and read one page or one paragraph or even one sentence. And then I will consider that goal met. And then I will celebrate with a, a Tiger Woods style fist pump or, or you know my arms over my head in a victory sign or Uh, looking at myself in the mirror, as cheesy as it sounds, and say, you're amazing, you're awesome. And what we do over time, uh, as as we uh, habitualize that, is we convince our brain that this is something we like. This is something worth repeating. Let's see if we can't figure out a way to make this human being we're attached to do this more often. 
And you'll find yourself sitting down to read that one page or one paragraph or one sentence you set as your goal. And suddenly you're like, well, gosh, I'm sitting here anyway. Why don't I read another page? Why don't I read another paragraph? And over time, that becomes a true habit that started small, but it, but uh, over time accumulated into something much larger. Now, how about faith and incorporating mm-hmm. faith into all of this? How can we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for me, every morning includes about an hour of reading, but 30 minutes of that is dedicated to my faith. So that's Bible reading every day and, and, and dissecting a particular verse. And, and I'll spend about 15 or 20 minutes just on that alone. And then that's also reading um, a couple of other books that I read just about every day. One of those is a book by John Maxwell called Leadership Promises for Every Day, which takes a verse and helps you apply it uh, to a leadership lesson. And then another book I read every morning just to kind of stretch my mind a little bit and challenge me is a book called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday with um, uh, words of wisdom from the Stoics, Marcus Aurelius uh, and the like. With regard to applying these these things uh, to faith, my con- uh, consistent and intentional reading and those uh, whom I've studied uh, impacts all areas of life, even fiction, not just nonfiction. So reading books continually are going to help you be a better communicator, going to help you be more empathetic as you read stories in fiction, for example, about other people unlike yourself. You're going to understand issues that other people face that you don't. It's going to make you a more loving person, a more caring person. All of those things tie into our faith. So as you read, you become more knowledgeable. And as you become more knowledgeable, you can apply that to various situations in your life. Reading keeps you humble because you are constantly reminded of what you do not know. Um, That's one of the reasons I read 52 books a year, because I realize how much I don't know. (laughs) And I want to change that. And again, it keeps you humble because it makes you realize what you don't know. So not only is it an opportunity to help us grow in our career, it's an opportunity to, to grow in our faith, to grow in who we are as a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what are some reasons that a person, person should choose to read? What are some well, really good reasons for that? Yeah, a, a few come to mind. Uh, and we talk about in the book, uh, specifically eight science, uh, research-backed reasons, I should say. Um, reading consistently and intentionally is going to increase your professional opportunities. That's probably an obvious one. Your decision-making skills uh, it's going to reduce your stress. It's going to help you sleep better. It's going to improve your ability to lead, uh, something I'm, I'm quite fond of. Increase your intellect, some of the other things we talked about already, creativity uh, and, and communication. Um, and so if, uh, if you need convincing uh, to read, let me, let me uh, give you just one example of my own life. About 2003, um, I got fascinated again with the reading that sort of fire was rekindled in me. And as I read, I began experimenting and putting into practice in my job, which was a radio job, what I was learning. And as I did that, a funny thing happened. The things that I did that didn't work, Colleen, were quickly forgotten. That's the great thing about our failures. We don't realize oftentimes is uh, they're often quickly forgotten. We're the ones focusing on them. Other people often aren't. They don't think about us nearly as much as we like to think they do. Uh, and the things that I tried that worked got me noticed. So think about that. The things I tried that failed were quickly forgotten. The things that I tried that worked got me noticed. And as I got noticed with these successes, I began being asked by the company, hey, we've got all these stations around the country. Uh, We need you to speak to this faction over here and teach them what you're learning, Jeff, the programming department. We need you to speak to the nationwide sales team over here about what you're learning uh, in that area. And that prompted me to want to create 
yet another curriculum for myself. And that's how I kind of like to refer this to this as creating your own curriculum is I realized, well, if I'm going to start public speaking all of a sudden now, I need to learn more about that skill. <laughs> so I created a public speaking curriculum with the books that I read. I started with books like presentation design and then presentation delivery and presentation structure. Uh, and eventually, years later, the president of the company is trying to put together his 10-year vision for the station and like a, uh, over the stations. And like a good leader does, he's visiting numerous stations to get input from people. And my leader, my boss says, when the president comes to our station, I want you to be the one to give the presentation. He, he'd seen what I'd learned in that space and how much better I was getting at it and, and able to convey a message in that, in that, in that form. The president comes. He's enamored with the presentation. He thinks it's amazing. He invites me to the corporate office to give it to the executives there, something that had never been done before. And then when he decides to put together his thoughts and ideas from all the stations and actually communicate his message to the world, he taps me to be the one to help him create his actual presentation. All of those things happen, which, by the way, involved about six promotions over the course of 12 or 13 years, because I was doing one thing the majority of my colleagues were not. I was reading. Something as simple as reading led to huge success for others out there who want to be like you, who want to learn more, <laughs> <laughs> who want to um, listen to your podcast, read to lead, want to pick up your book. How can they go about doing that? Yeah, the best uh, place to find the book is at readtoleadbook.com. You might have been thinking Amazon or something else. I mentioned readtoleadbook.com because there, if you're still on the fence, you can download the introduction and first chapter for free. Uh, again, that's readtoleadbook.com. I make it real simple. If you want to find the podcast, also called Read to Lead, that's at readtoleadpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Colleen. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again or any of the other conversations we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.